It's Tuesday night. You know what it's time for. It's time for the Podnauts podcast. Yes. Thanks Hello, for guys. tuning in, everybody. And tonight in the studio, we've got myself, Whiteside. Duff, man. Cugsy. Got Flynn. And we've got a special guest. And it's Reese from Passion Productions. What's happening? Hello, Reese. Your name, mate. Thanks for coming so in. Reece. Passion Productions are Liverpool based digital media and video production and content creating business formed in 2018. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do, Reese? Yeah, what is it? That's a big title. Yeah, it is. I haven't really figured out the, the right title, but I just wing it. Just nice. winging it. That's We're all, all winging it. Yeah, let's be honest. Everyone's winging it in life. Style. You're lying if you're not. It's improvising. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Nick and a living. Um, a bit like us. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I just make video content in all different forms, whether it's podcast, YouTube, TV shows, adverts. It sounds a lot grander than it is. I mean, sometimes it can be, but like, just that's the way the world these days, isn't it? It's just making adverts for every business anyone that wants to listen really yeah, um, i've i've followed you for a long time on hmm. this from its infancy to the, yeah yeah <laughs> still <laughs> still late. Know, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> like i'm gonna go all marvel on your ass now okay right now okay and i want to say what's your origin story then Reese? so i was in uni no, where are you from? Let's go oh, wind right, it right back. back. Oh, you're going to go yeah. right back to the bath? Yeah, let's go yeah. right back. So, I think my mum met my dad in the 051. <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I went to Elwood School around there. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I just thought everything around here seems a bit shit. Like when people were saying what they wanted to do, you know, like accountancy or stuff like that. I was like, shit, that numbers. Uh, join, shit, work yeah. on site, uh, factory work. Carpet for <laughs> 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 anything, anything that I have to use my hands with, like, I'm, I'm not great with. So I was just like, I'm not sure what I want to do. And I just kept on going to the careers advisor and was like, I'm not sure what I want to do. And to the point where they were like, maybe you just need to find a rich cougar or something because you yeah. just fucking clearly haven't got the appetite for work. And I was like, I'll graft. I just I need to make sure I, I want to do something that I like otherwise if you like what you do you don't work do you? I That's find it strange the way they try to force people in at such a young age because you don't really know yourself no. and you're a classic example of that yeah. you don't know yourself do you at no. that, that age and to try and force you and pigeonhole you I think is wrong but then I, I come across basically long story short I come across this YouTuber called Casey Neistat don't know whether you've heard of him yeah I've heard of him yeah um, he was like do something just do anything and if you don't like it, all you'll do is think about what you wish you could be doing if you had the chance. And I was in uni doing fucking podiatry. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's to do with feet. So it's oh, not right. the fucking best thing to do. Got a full <laughs> fetish, yeah. um, after that, definitely not. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh, do you know if I had my life over, I'd get into video. And I was like, oh my God, I've just said that and I'm 18. Yeah. I'm a year older than them. King's light bulb moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll get on to that. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, I'm not going to just be one of those, oh, you know what? I wish I could have done that. And the three of us sitting here, that's the one thing we would say to people of your generation is make sure that you do what you want to do. Yeah, Figure do what it you out. Stay at home with your mum and dad. Don't Take go up too quickly. Mm. Find what you want to do because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Take it's also, it's, it's a graft as well. It's probably more of a graft than going to uni itself because... It's a business whether you're selling sweets or selling supercars. It's a business. Mm. So what was it like for you starting up the business? Because even though it's what you like to do, a business is hard to start Especially, anyway. Especially, yeah, to jump out of uni. 
what happened? What was the process where you just so, decided? I, I, I kind of had that like realization where I was like, I think I know what I want to do because you'll know when you come to podcasting, you just kind of get infatuated and one hour becomes four, five, six hours yeah. and you, you'd become obsessed with it. And I was like, right, okay, I'm going to do this. I was working at Starbucks and speak at the time, so I saved up a bit of money and was like, right, I've got to tell everyone now I'm leaving uni. But I, I looked like I was having a midlife crisis come early because <laughs> my hair was dead long. I'd just finished with my girlfriend at the time and I'd like dropped out of uni. So I was like, yeah, that doesn't look good, bro. Yeah, like it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, the family's not that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was just a bit like, are you sure you want to, because bear in mind, I should add to this. I blagged me way onto that course. I did not get the grades to be able to get onto that initial course. So for me to then go, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. It was a bit of like, yeah, you're really gonna fuck this up, yeah? You can swear on this, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, fuck you're really, fuck yeah. yeah. You're really gonna fuck this up if you just drop out and then make nothing of it. So I think that I was really just hungry for it. When I left, I was like, mixed with like, what I feel like when you find something you like, but then you've got a point to prove. There's just a few like you can just go with and run with from that. So I just spent every hour I don't know what's cliche thing, but literally every hour looking at different types of cameras, ISO, lighting, editing, why Mac, why not Mac, Premiere, what, everything. It's a minefield, isn't it? I mean, yeah. even getting podcast equipment was spent hours studying and testing and yeah, putting the feelers out. I mean, the yeah. amount of equipment, even to just get this podcast going, has been phenomenal, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it's not cheap either, is it? No, no. Um, and then just touching on what Flint said there, I think that was the biggest thing that I didn't realize. I thought, oh, I can just get good at video and then I'll just be good at video and that everything else, like everything else will just kind of go from there. And then I realized that like a business actually has like loads of other things to it. That has got nothing to do with what you actually want to do. When you decide that was you going to do, what was your starting point? Was it your bedroom? Where did you start from? So I convinced me uncle, but he's only three years older. So I tell everyone he's my brother because we've been raised as brothers. I convinced him to do it with me. He had a decent job in a talent agency and I was like... I was just getting that deliverance music then. I was like, well, look, if I'm going to start this company. I was like, but dyslexic, shit with numbers. Can't, don't know me left and right. So I'm going to need a bit of guidance here. And he's like the sensible one of the family. So I was like, people won't think I'm a shit if you do it with me. So do it with me. <laughs> and, uh, so I convinced him to do it. And we literally started on our phones and was like, I'll make anyone a free video with my phone. Someone give me a job. And literally rang every place on Lark Lane, every place on Smithdown. And every single person was like, nah, no one gives away anything for free. And I was like, no, honestly, like- It was it. too good to be- um, And they weren't because the videos at the time were shite. But like that was the starting place of just being like, okay. Me it, you're probably at the sweet spot because now the tech has moved on so much a lot of people can and i've got something to elaborate on that later can move forward themselves and have a little go but obviously use them way way ahead of the curve for me oh there's a big difference seen, between yeah. the, pe the people who run that, 5k that, that, around the park and the people who go to the olympics oh yes yeah, definitely so can you give us some of your initial challenges what were your sort of hurdles that you had to get over to get where you are now a new from when I was in school and stuff, pride, ego and stuff like that gets in the way of what you want to do. So me and Ben started by doing this challenge where we'd upload a video of ourselves every day to YouTube. We know we're going to get the piss took out of us because it was like a vlog. I know I'm putting myself out there. 
But if I've got to walk to a room full of business execs and sell my company to them, I've got to be able to do it from from the word got to be comfortable in your own skin. And it takes a yeah. long time to be able to do that. So I'd probably only say recently I've found that. Like, not giving a fuck type of thing. Literally, so we've done 100 videos, so 50 each. And that was like such a... When you get to like 30 odd videos in and people just go, oh yeah, that, that's just what he does. And you don't bat an eye and you think, okay, so no one's really asked then. That's where you get comfortable and you think, all right, sound. I've, I've got over that thing now of like, I've walked in, everyone's looking at me, keep me head down and you, you can just be who you want to so be. So that again is getting out your comfort zone, which we talk about all the time, isn't it? Massive stuff's forged when you get out your comfort zone. Yeah, we zone, talked about that on the last podcast, didn't we? That when you get out your comfort zone, that's when yeah, amazing things yeah, happen. Champions like, like a business. What's amazing about this is it's like a speeded up aging process because trust me, when you get past 40, you stop caring what people think about you and it sounds like you doing this business has kind of accelerated that where yeah, you've forced yeah. yourself into that state of mind where you what you've got your goal you know where you want to go and you just let go of some of that inhibition that might have stopped you i think that's really impressive well to be honest there was probably a, a few different factors that kind of added to that you've left uni and stuff like that and in the grand scheme of things we're all on this floating rock aren't we for like a very very short period of the time and am i going to let my own thoughts dictate whether I'm successful or not, it's not going to happen. So I just kind of was like, what's the worst that can happen? Because I, I was hating where I was already. And bear in mind, my uni was in Salford. So I was driving three days a week to Salford in a little Fiesta, which saved me well. It still doesn't make it a Ferrari. Like, it's still very, very yeah. cold and shit yeah. when you're driving there three days a week. So I just thought, fuck it, let's, let's go for it, see what happens. Okay, so you started it with Ben. Yeah. And how long did it take you to get your first paid gig? When did your first paid gig come along? So amongst my early midlife crisis, I'd done a PT course because I was like, it's something where I'm still in education where people can still be like, okay, he's trying to do this thing, but he's got a plan B, but there was never a plan B. I just done that so people would leave me alone and let me do my thing. During it, the instructor, one of the first things he said, his name was Declan, Declan Doyle, his first thing that come out of his mouth was, if you're doing this to get enough money to go on holiday for two weeks to escape this, you're in the wrong thing. And I was like, wow, that's that's such a good point. Profound. That. And I just stuck with me and I kind of said to him after that, I was basically explained, I'm doing this video thing, I'm just doing this, blah, 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 like to get people off my back. And he was like, oh, I'd like you to meet someone actually. Um, you know, I, I fully like think video is the future. I'm training this girl called Molly, Meatball Molly McCann. She's gonna be big, like you should try and get, like do some video for her. It's gonna be free, she hasn't got any money, but see where it goes. Didn't have a clue about UFC at this point. So I was like, yeah, time, I'll do it, whatever. So I told Ben, Ben was like, yeah, just let us know where, when. So we documented her for, I think three months and she won the Cage Warriors women's title. She was the first female British champion who then went into UFC. And when she made that crossover into UFC, she's like the most loyal person ever. So she got BT and all that, started like jumping at it and stuff. And she was like, oh, I've got my docu team. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, wow. all, I'm all cool. At that time, just more luck than anything, we'd set up a website up. So people seen our stuff around the Echo Arena and that and was like, 
It was this passion, passion products, everyone used to call us. Make your own look. I might add, uh, Meatball Molly is a res- our resident psychics, uh, is her uncle. Joe oh, wow. Powers, her uncle, by marriage as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, small world. Big South Hall Show. So, yeah, that, from there, as soon as we had that website up and we kind of published what we'd done with Molly, then all these inquiries started to come left, right, and centre to where I was like, all right, okay. So we almost paid it forward in, in the business and it paid off, didn't you? It was like an investment yeah. in that time and energy would you, that you put on. Would it. you say that was the moment when you started recording Meatball Molly? Would you say that the, that's the moment where you look back and thought, wow, this business is actually working? Or is there a eureka moment where you thought, wow, my dream's like working out now? Uh, to be honest, looking back, I, that probably was the point because there's, like I said, yeah. load of little things that led up to that. But at the time, that it, was what caught fire. Yeah, that yeah. was what yeah. caught fire at the time. It was just like, it just felt in that it. was lucky. Yeah. Move on. And it gets to a point where you go, well, is it luck? Or is it, you just kind of, I think it's a combination, isn't it? But yeah. I think you create your own luck through that, through that hard work yeah, ethos yeah. that you've got. So while we're on that, then the, the celebrity sort of trail, high points of successful projects and clients accolades I've got wrote down here. So high points and give us some example of other celebrities you've, you've worked with. Okay, so I've done, just in no particular order, I've done Gino, we do do Gino's restaurants, Gino the Campo. Yeah, do, um, do you do scan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Any good. <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> then I've done Gary Neville, done Ollie Mears, Noel Gallagher. That, that was a surreal moment. Best, probably the best thing I've done today has been the podcast here tonight. This podcast <laughs> yeah. with you. Put that, all. that aside. <laughs> yeah. so, um, we don't, again, whether there's a little bit of a story to this, but the, we don't, we shot the, uh, an Adidas shoot for the World Cup. Wow. And that was one of those moments where you're like, what the fuck's going on? How has this happened from me starting with my phone? To being stood there with Rafinha, Alex Tellers, being like, "Brilliant lads, he's okay. amazing." And again, that was one of those moments where one thing I would say with being in any business really is try and go out your way for people because that opportunity comes back around and people do think of you. And being nice isn't really anything hard to do. Yeah, do you, not always do you think back. that celebrity is viewed in a certain manner, but they're just human beings at the end of the day, aren't they? That people think, oh, they're going to be harsh or mean or stingy or something. But obviously, if you're loyal to someone, for instance, you get it back, don't you? Yeah. So it's like being a good person. So you're being a good person to them. Why should they not remain available? Sorry, what I mean with that is more on like how we got that opportunity to do it rather than the actual like celebrities themselves. I actually, I don't really care. And I know that sounds very cliche to say when, if I'm doing a production with, you know, let's just say Ollie Mays, I'm not really thinking, oh shit, there's Ollie Mays. I'm thinking, okay, what's the frame rate at? What's the lighting? What's the color temperature here? Is the audio picking up? There's so many things that you, I don't You don't get care. starstruck. I'm, I'm the same, because I don't view anyone as any better than anyone else. You're either talented or you're not. And I think that attitude is brilliant mm. because it lets you focus on your work rather than who they are. Yeah. You, you're delivering your your service, which is excellent, and I encourage anyone to look at your work. I'd probably say the only time where I kind of my head wobbled a little bit was with Rafinha because he's the best person I've ever seen with a ball at his feet that close with my eyes. And normally what I do is as I'm setting up, 
I'll just autopilot conversation. So I'll be like, oh, the weather's shit today, and it may blah, blah, blah. But obviously, there's a language barrier, and I'm Scouts. And he's like, just getting paid to be there, you know. So you've always got that little thing with the talent, kind of just try and put them at ease, because the more they're at ease, the better the project, the better the outcome, the more you get paid, essentially. So I was like, what do I say to this fella here? Because he probably can't understand me. So I was like, do us a favor, mate, could you try and hit the crossbar? And he looked at me and was like, because I'm trying to set my camera up and focus on all the lighting and stuff, but I'm trying not to have that awkward silence. But he looked at me and I was like, oh shit, he doesn't understand what I'm saying. In hindsight, what he was looking at is, do you, lad, you know who I am? Of course, I can hit the crossbar. <laughs> so he just went, ping, hit the crossbar. So I started laughing and I was like, I thought it'd take you a few more goes because I'm not ready yet. Can you do it again? And he was like, however many times you want. And he must have hit it. Like, it was like the Ronaldinho advert back yeah, in the day yeah, where he just kept it. Pinging it all the time. It, it was surreal. It was really good. No way. I mean, from what, what you're saying there, you sometimes like reading the press about how like celebrities can be sort of like notoriously guarded about things and maybe not show themselves in their own light. But what I'm getting from you is the fact that if you've got like recurring artists who want to work with you, you obviously make them feel completely at ease with what you're doing and the, the, the surroundings. That's a good point. That's a skill that's nothing to do with your camera work. Yeah, I think it's never, what from my experience anyway, the people that I've met, it's never the people themselves. It's normally the people around them that's making a fuss. And most people don't want a fuss to be made about them. Do you know what I mean? So like, you're bringing it down to a human level, aren't you? So like, yeah. it's, it's like your mates in the pub almost, isn't it? Which is, which is magic. Because I mean, if you're gonna film stuff, you wanna be with someone who you're comfortable with as well. So uh, to move on, then. So you've, you've done, you've come such a long way. How old are you now? I'm 25. So you've come such a long way in such a short space of time. Where are you at now? Is it still just you and Ben? No. So there's me, Ben, Dylan, Jack, Kelsey, Tiffany. So there's shout out to the team. Yeah, six of us now, and probably all of that, what we've just spoke about, happened in such a short period of time, and it was just going off me and Ben, literally just vibing. I think the last year we took a bit, like, bit of a boring answer, but we took a business advisor on. He looked at our accounts, he looked at the way we were do, like doing things, and was like, what the fuck is going on here? You literally just have a bank account and are just vibing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's kind of was like, okay, I believe that this company will be worth a million in X amount of years, but your foundations need to be built strong. Because you basically sat me down and twisted me head with loads of facts and figures, and I was like, I don't have the answer to any of this. And he was like, all good and well meeting these, you know, famous footballers and X, Y, and Z, but your staff want to get mortgages and they want to build a life in where you've got to kind of be a bit older than a 25-year-old probably wants to be. So the last year, to answer your question, where we're at now has been building foundations strong so that as we add another five, 10 people, that the quality doesn't drop in terms of production, but equally the staff are safe and sound and I can have a good kip at night, not worrying about that. Yeah, the hardest part for any small business is that delegation from the first person, the person who starts a business and they know the quality of their own work. Mm. The hardest part is to trust somebody else to do your job for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, expansion is always scary. I remember expanding myself and no one was going to take but more stuff. You've lost staff that weight on. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice one. It was Christmas. But, um, you know, taking that step, I remember having a conversation with my mum over taking someone on and found someone who was really good. But, like, there was a price tag for them. And 
it paid dividends. It was like it's an probably investment. one of the best decisions you've made. Yeah, it? it was. We had the conversation here in the house, and you think were about like, the chemistry in your job and how well you get on with them. Yeah, and, and the creating that team around you is for being successful is massive. It is, you know, having that trust in people and that belief. And I don't know what you're like, Lisa. I'm pretty sure you'd have because I've been up to your studio. That having that working environment for people like to be slave drivers and cracking it with people i believe if you give people a happy nurture environment then they'll pay you back through productivity and they do and that's the secret to success this like sort of communist sort of regime you know being at this time and you've got to do this or you're getting sacked and all that i 100 agree Uh, again like you've seen the studio it's probably not your typical office space like it, it doesn't have to look the way it does again it goes back to that maybe the existential younger version of yourself that's like roll on this rock for a very little amount of time do you really want to come to work every day in you're, a horrible environment i spend more time with people i'm working i do with my wife and my kids you know yeah. so you've got to be in an environment where you enjoy being there and it, it's massive on that what would you say then is the most rewarding part of your job is it waking up every day and thinking i get to go to work and being happy about it would you say that's the most rewarding yeah i think so i've got a boss group of mates but there is a disconnect when it gets to Sunday and they're like, oh. and I honestly cringe myself out saying it, but Monday's like my favorite day to get to go back and do the thing that I love doing. Maybe I'm a bit too young yet to see long-term how it plays out, but I find it really difficult to switch off. And I know people say, you've got to have your downtime and this, that, the other, but when you love it and you genuinely get stuck into these, passion projects it's hard no it's massive though isn't it because the video thing is expanding use of social media like our isaac shout out coach kamara he's got a videographer and uses it loads it's made a massive difference to his business it's huge and you're at the crest of the wave whereas i wouldn't afford to do that yeah i mean i have massive like wake up early with ideas i go to sleep wake up with ideas all the time that creativity should take lion's mane by the way lion's mane mushroom not yet but i'm starting because ben's been starting it loads of our clients have niacin and neither say yeah microdosing as well if you fancy it <laughs> uh, i was going to touch on that with the way you said about the the creativity side i can only speak from the amount of times that paul gets in touch with me with an idea and like you know should we go with this look at this artwork and his mind is just like constantly working so I could imagine that you and Ben are exactly the same you're always coming up with a creative idea and bouncing off each other as to like do you like this should we go here next you know what sort of film style editing style should we go for do you find that you're always constantly thinking about the next project and how you can improve on the previous project yeah in terms of very last point in particular I don't really have any set rules or anything like that the only thing i follow for myself is like i try and make regardless of what it is the, the next video better than the last because if you just follow that then you it's, it's always gonna have a positive impact in terms of ideas and stuff my mind's always ticking but i do put th- that down to more my family as you know i've got a bit of a mad family me mum's side is, is white and got asian and dad's side's black and indian so i feel like there's a lot of different cultures. Like I'm just in a melting pot yeah. of cultures. So we live in a port anyway, don't we? So it's always <laughs> been a melting pot here. But I think kind of the different clients that we come across, I just you try and pick up on the nuance, nuances of the the person that you're dealing with. And you're like, okay, that's work for them. Well, why has that worked for them? Oh, it's work for them because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, I've 
take that from this client and put it with that. And there is like a bit of a point where you don't switch off. But again, it's hard because I don't feel like I'm burning out with it. Yeah, you just it's like accelerating. You're still accelerating like a rocket. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter because your trajectory is set, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So the missus says to me all the time, how can you be doing that when you're doing that, that and that? All right, no, but I'm not tired or I'm not stressed by it. So why would I not keep on doing it? It's yeah. Why stop if exactly. it's working? Is there any uh, sort of particular like filmmakers out there who you draw inspiration from or who you would like to compare yourself to or aspire to be? I mean, Wes Anderson's the GOAT. Wes Anderson's just unbelievable. Uh, it's probably him. An example of his work for people who might not know at home? The French Disposition, is that what it's called? The French Dispatch? Hotel, Hotel Budapest. The um, classic. The, the one that's just out now with Tom Hanks in it. Asteroid City. Yeah, Asteroid City. Yeah, and he's, then, he's very individual in how his films look. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those where, and probably, like, this is like the most cliche thing ever, but Christopher Nolan, I feel like those who you can watch a film and without the credits rolling, you know it's their film, by the way, it's shot yeah. and stuff. And Zack w- Snyder's the same. You can tell a Zack Snyder film a mile yeah. away. Well, I will just say, that's how I know that I'm enjoying a film, is if I don't know, ah. if I'm not noticing the, the shots. Elements of like surprise, sort of. Yeah, if I'm thinking, I've seen the way they've edited that, or the colour grade they've done on that, then I'm probably not enjoying the film because I'm thinking about the production. Rather than the story. Yeah, which probably. is boring if you're around me. If you're hearing me going, have you seen that? Then you look like, shut up. Mm. But well, that's how I know I'm okay. not enjoying the film. Now <laughs> we've done the past, the present. Let's talk about the future. So I want to kick off the future with is the role of AI in your business now. Do you use it? How do you use it? And what's your predictions for it for the future? Yeah, I use it. I use it to help me at the podcast write proposals, make me seem smarter than I am, make me un- uh, just understand words that I probably wouldn't. Sometimes I'll take a paragraph that a client sent me, I'll put it in chat GPT and say, explain it to me like I'm five. And it does. And what was the next question? The future of it? The future of it, do you know I mean? Obviously, in terms of your business. Yeah. So I think it'll be able to edit, obviously, well, it can edit already. I feel like it'll be able to edit beyond anything that probably we're capable at a speed that we're not capable but i feel like there's always going to be that filming element of it anything creative you need that organic spark that perhaps can't be engineered yeah don't yes yeah, i think some, what it can do though is it can mimic AI, yeah. and blend styles together yeah but mimic's not what you're looking for no but really, like by it? mimicking say you got three directors, for instance, and he sort of put a spin on them, and you you added it to throw, like cooking. You threw a few spices of a this and that in. Yeah, but then again, it doesn't have that individual, like the Wes Anderson movie and Steven Spielberg movie. But with it it running side by side, also, is it evolving into something that we couldn't create on our own? It's it's difficult to assess. That then comes down to the individual, doesn't it? Of what they like. Yeah. I never thought I would be pro AI. And I am, I think it's a massive tool. Reese, what's your opinions on AI? Do you think it's more positive than negative? <laughs> it's a hard question, isn't it? Pro- We've had a probably, podcast, uh, probably it is, yeah. It's probably more positive than negative in terms of it can read data quicker than do, anyone. Do menial tasks, what? Yeah, but I, I do think kind of from my perspective when it comes to like filmmaking, and this isn't me just being an arrogant knobhead, like computer can't edit the way I yeah it's like Rafinha in it you're not yeah. going to Rafinha well, AI yeah. do you know the thing is your industry 
has just undergone massive disruption, hasn't it? With the it's Screen huge, Actors it? Guild and yeah. the writers' strikes mm -hmm. in Hollywood, all based around the future use of AI. Mm -hmm. So what's your take on something like that? Do you think the film industry could just be how films are produced and made now and obviously with actors, do you think that could be eradicated in the future with AI? Or do you still feel as though it's always going to need that personal touch? I feel like it could be, to answer the question. Yeah, it probably could be, but I don't think it will, just purely because we, as people, like to have a purpose. That's why vinyls have come back in. And now there's the need for there's more demand for vinyl than there ever has been. Okay, so the future again. What's the dream? If, if, if I could say client walks through the door and wants a certain project, what, what would the dream be? Like a dream project for me? Yeah. Uh, well, I said before that I don't get starstruck, but I reckon if Eminem asked me to go on tour with him and film his tour, I'd be a little bit starstruck there. So that, something like that. But that being said, I would like to just direct my own film. That was purely funded by passion there was no oh you've got to hit hit these markers in order for you to get this money released to pay for the film just a funded project by us that we could do that i had entire control over that would be like a dream which i don't think is far off okay and where can we find it then reese as we wrap this up now um anywhere that's got a wi-fi connection uh passionproductions.co.uk instagram twitter tiktok the lot or just all the social medias then are they all the same name yeah passion, yeah, yeah. Passion passion productions. Productions. yeah yeah okay that's amazing thanks yes. a lot man yeah, that's wicked thanks for yeah. that Reese. no worries nice. let's Pleasure. move on to lost in music okay so lost the music's back and it's about to hit a massive milestone this this week and we'll explain in a minute so Duffman what have you picked this week and why I've gone for just on the funk and the disco tip because I watched the disco documentary that Cugsy recommended a couple of weeks ago the disco soundtrack of a, a revolution it's on BBC iPlayer and it's phenomenal and in homage to the disco era I've gone for Benny Musa Save My Life it's a blinding track <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I need you to turn all the lights off in the club right now. To the dance floor. Bang that on the playlist then, Cugs, yeah. Uh, little shout out to John there. Uh, you do a bit of DJing, don't you, John? Do you have any like any events coming up? Because I know you have like some cathedral raves that you yeah, go to. Um, yeah, there's, it, well, there's one in the pipeline, uh, potentially in Chester and at Barbo Dega in Liverpool. That so was that phenomenal, the one in Chester Cathedral last time. Is that open to everyone, is it, John, yeah? Uh, the, well, yeah, I will confirm at a later okay. podcast, but yeah, okay. nice one, Flynn. Right, so my tune is, my mate sent me a TikTok of this DJ, and it is Na 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 by Peggy Goo. Peggy Goo.
Am I right in saying that a little sample of was it eighty beat till I come? It sounds, it? It sounds that little guitar riff thing. But a lot of dance music nowadays has is a derivative of something. It like uses something as the, its yeah. base. Okay. Um Cugsy, what was your choice this week, mate? Uh, right, I'm gonna go for a track called Free and it's by an artist called Salt. Oh yes. Uh, Basically, they got like the gig of the year just before Christmas. A mate of mine went shout out Claudine, you jammy cow. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. It wasn't it based in like in all different rooms and it like was it was a, drum, a different set. Drum sheds in London, yeah, and it was. Um, nobody knows who Souls are. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. it, it but they're bloody talented. Yeah, so they're, they're like a dead prolific as well. Loads yeah. of releases, and, and yeah, a lot so. of their music is released for free. Oh wow! So yeah. if you know who they are, and you want to grass them up, get in touch with the show. So if you're out there, want to come on the pod. So we're about to reach a milestone with Lost in Music. We're about to hit 100 songs. And our guest has got the honour of picking the 100th song this yes. week. Yes. No pressure. He, he never told me that before I picked the song, so I feel like I could have picked him. <laughs> Here we go, <laughs> Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a man, <laughs> So I thought we need a little bit of energy, knowing Paul, knowing the songs that he probably would have chose. So I picked Party Up by DMX. It's all right. Well, really not good. Huh. The diversity of the, the soundtracks, isn't it? Exactly. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me go all out. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me lose my cool. Up in here, up in here. If I got to bring it to you, cowards, then it's gonna be quick. Oh, you made it in the jail before? Right, uh, mine is I've picked another crown being one. I know I've only picked one before, but there's a reason behind it. It's because I've bought tickets to go and see them at Latitude, and I'm absolutely buzzing. I can't wait to go and see them. So they're on Latitude, there's still tickets available if anyone wants to join me. Go on there. So it's Crown Bin, it's Maria Tambian. Any song with cowbelling is a winner for me. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Cannot good point, but, wait but for that. From now on, you're on a crown ban. Yeah, crown ban. Yeah, you've got to pick something else next. That was this week's Lost in Music.
So Cugsy had a little idea last week actually to, yeah. to do with stand-up comedy. Call this segment The Edge of Humour, Comedy in the Era of Wokeness. Yes, yeah, so over the course of the past couple of weeks, two of probably the biggest comedy artists out there, Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais, have both released new stand-up specials on Netflix. I've got my own opinions of them, but I'd like us to talk about how modern comedy is, what you can you can get away with what you feel is too rude or too sensitive to get away with. So if anyone would like to start it. This might be controversial, but I don't think anything should be off the table when it comes to comedy. And I think Chappelle and Ricky Gervais really just highlight that. And I think what they do is they talk about certain things, but they never press on one certain person or whatever. And they prove that you can joke about anything. It's just how you do it. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking this is that it degenerated a lot of column inches between them regarding what people would find offensive. Um, my take is, um, did anybody find anything within them two specials, if you managed to get around to watching them, offensive? What I would say is I've watched them both. I would say that they said things that I wouldn't get up on a stage and say. I would say that, a bit like Reese, I think that the enemy of all this sort of stuff is when it doesn't get spoke about because when it doesn't get spoke about that's when people's negative thoughts and things they get driven underground and they breed and they fester they don't breed they fester i think that they handle themselves very well on the flip i'm not sure that they would say those things if they weren't as famous as they are i think that there's no doubt that they both know that they're big enough to not be took down regardless of what they say I think you get away with it when you make a joke personal. And now I'm going to explain when I say that. So say if you go, if you say a joke about a certain race or a certain sexuality, whatever it is, if you say broad about all them people, then people might take offence to that. But if you say to someone in the fr- front row, you're gay and, you know, you roast them for that, that's fine. I think that's when that's when it's fine because you're making it personal towards them, which is funny, and it's always because they're in done. the battle arena, yeah. almost. Yeah, my uh, my thing with especially with the Ricky Gervais one was he almost felt the need to explain himself every single time that he said something, yeah, and he was like, "Don't get offended by this joke. I'm only playing a character," and that to me was taken away. It was from almost, the humour. Yeah, it almost felt like a, a guilt from him. And that's not normally how he is. I've since gone back and watched it again. I've found it a lot more funnier than I initially did. Mm. I'm certainly no prude, but the first time that I watched it, there were certain things where I was like, no, yeah. you're going to be on the pale there. Yeah. So, and then it was that line of like, oh, you know, all this woke, you know, I am only playing a character. He, in his own mind, I think, was trying to justify some of the things that he was saying and he think he may have just been a little bit guilty but then it does change later on see i'm under the opinion that when you step in that room you know if you're pre-warned listen it's no old bad and you enter the room then the doors should be shut and whatever said is said it's a battle arena and i understand but making fun of each other it's almost a rite of passage, particularly in Liverpool. It was also funny because there was mutual respect between each other. So I do see the rights and the wrongs in it. And I 
there's a dark side of me that just finds loads of things really really funny but i think that having that dark side and exploring it makes your light side all that bit much lighter so you know the difference between right and wrong i think you just have to be careful that you know that the people who are on the receiving end Taking but that's why maybe you should, you should make it more generic going the opposite to what going Glenn's back saying. in history going back in history you've always had that one character and who's that one character the jester and everyone in town the king the peasant knew that it was the jester so they take no offense to it the jester could go up to people of power like the king and say whatever they wanted and he'd be let away with it because the king could just go Ah, that's just the jester. So I think they should be able to say whatever they want because a jester's always been in society. I'm loving the stand-up comedians at the moment. Matt Rife, brilliant. Yeah, the new um, Kevin Bridges one is boss. Tom Segura, a 40 blue. Ricky Gervais away. He was well worth checking him out. Wow. He is really good. They're all on Netflix as well. You can see that. Everyone was given the task of saying a joke tonight with it being stand-up comedy. Okay, my joke's quite a good quite a granddad joke it's quite it's a joke your where, granddad loves a joke it's a joke where it's it's that shit that it's good okay. and you realize right so there was this there was this fella he was just having his car and started stalling so anyway it stalled it was snowing he didn't have his phone nothing was working for him on that day everything was just unlucky so it was a dark miserable day and the only place open to go and stay in was a church, like a hospital church, ran by nuns. So he went in and went one of the head nuns and said, listen, my car's broke down, I've got nowhere to go. Can I stay in one of these? And she went, oh, okay, right. So the only rooms we got to stay in is the top floor because, you know, the nuns, the women of God, they can't stay on the same floor as you. So he goes up the stairs, down the corridor, up the stairs, down the corridor, up the stairs, down the corridor to his room. In the night he is. Bang, bang, bang. So he's like, what is that noise? So he's just in. Bang, bang, bang all night. So he goes downstairs, down the corridor, downstairs, down the corridor, downstairs, down the corridor. He goes to the nun and goes, what is that noise? And she goes, can't tell you, you know I'm nun. And she goes, and he goes, come on, just tell me. And he go she goes, can't tell you, you know I'm nun. So he goes up the stairs, down the corridor, up the stairs, down the corridor, up the stairs, down the corridor. And he's just in that banging all night, perpetual banging. So he's got when he packs his suitcase and he goes downstairs, down the corridor, downstairs, down the corridor, downstairs, down the corridor. So he goes to the nun and he goes, I'm going now. Can you just tell me what the banging was? It was going on all night and I couldn't sleep. And she goes, can't tell you, not none. Anyway, some fellas fixed his car and he drives off home. They all know what the banging was. Can't tell you, you're not none. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I've got a slightly racy one. Racist or racy? Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's an undertaker. He's out at work and his wife, she she gets home from work and she starts the tea. And uh, her husband, the undertaker, he comes back from work. He comes in the door. So she tees ready. He goes, oh, the state of me. He comes in. He's got a black eye. She's like, what have you got a black eye for? Long story. She's like, no, I want to know. How have you got a black eye? Where'd you get that? You know, oh, the hotel in town. Oh, what do you mean? We got a phone call. This fella's died in the hotel. So we goes out to collect the body and we goes in. And she said, well, yeah. But did you get in a fight? No. Um, we went up, went, went into the room and there was this fella, big fella lying on the bed and he had an erection. I said, well, why the hell have you got a black eye? I said, 
we went in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> right, keeping on the racy theme then. I, I, I've got my... my I had a bit of a chat up line. Slight stuff like that up here. You're out in a club, you know, see a thick girl you want to see and you go over and say, yeah, do you want to see my party trip? She goes, go on then. She goes, yeah, I can turn my penis into a clock. All I need is two hands on your face. (laughs) 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 Is that a bit close? (laughs) Okay. Can I just do it? Go on. Are you, you got another uh, one? I was going to finish with another, yeah. another one. Was uh, little, not, not. my neighbour keeps on telling me he wants to di- big, dig a big deep hole in in the back garden to get some water. He means well. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right, I've got two rapid fire ones. Go on. How do you embarrass an archaeologist? Give him a used tampon and ask him which period they came from. <laughs> 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 Spicy. And then I've got, what do you call a lesbian dinosaur? Go a on. lick a lot of pus. <laughs> Reese? Follow that. I'll <laughs> give that one a minute. <laughs> Mine was just relevant for tonight, really. Apparently, smoking cannabis can affect your short-term memory. Well, if that's true, what do you think smoking cannabis does to I like that. Okay, so we're going to shout outs now. Anyone yeah. want to give a shout out? I went for a birthday meal on obviously my birthday. Happy Actually, birthday no, it wasn't. It was the day before my birthday. And I went to Churrasco, which is a nice steak place on Lark Lane. And there's one in town as well. Shout out to them. Lovely steak and amazing service. So shout out to Churrasco. Well, just while we're on the thing of your birthday. Cugsy and Flynn both share the same birthday for the 8th of Jan, which was yesterday. So, happy birthday, lads. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday I'd also like to say happy birthday to uh, three people who share our birthday. That's Shirley Bassey. Okay. Elvis Presley. Ooh. And David Bowie. Wow. Flipping it. That's Some a, that's a festival lineup, that, that, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Wow. That's a good lineup. Yeah, um, not Cooksy's jokes though. <laughs> <laughs> so my shout out is to is to ITV. So it's for raising the awareness by having that drama on about the all the post office masters that got massively the, the way they were treated was incredible, and it's raised that much awareness now that a we've got like the rat who was helping with the prosecution of them. She's handed back a CBA. And we've also got Parliament talking about uh, getting vindication for yeah, them yeah. for like the, the charges to be dropped and for them to be it's compensated deserved. in the correct manner and for everything to be... Well, it'll never go back what to normal. What a harrowing story, by the it's, way. It was awful, but yeah, ITV, you know... Well done up. for being outside. Um, shout out to the fella I was talking to at the shops the other day. I don't know if you're listening, but the poor fella has got to have his dog destroyed on account of the bully ban. Oh, so we want to touch on this probably next yeah. week. We've got a special next week on yeah. knife crime as well, haven't we? So yeah. we're going to be doing a big one on but knife yeah, crime next just week. Shout out to you, fella. Um, and obviously, everyone who's listening, thanks very much for all the positive feedback that we are getting. Please. I want to give a shout out to Afrin the Barber because when I went in the other day and asked for a shit haircut to help my granddad feel better, I didn't <laughs> actually think he'd do it. Yeah, yeah. And he went with a fucking four right over the top. Uh-huh. So shout out to him. Yeah. It's going to be back quick, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. It's really quick. 
Yeah, go there. I, yeah. Uh, what's that? Go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need mate. Uh, yeah, big shout out to everyone who's listening. You know, you're all uh, the same ones on the social media every week, giving it large. Kendall, Supporters. Ryan, Melv. Yeah, yeah, the girls, the boys. They're all in on it. The brothers, the sisters, the cousins, everyone's in and on it. Main shout out today. Nice one for Reese and yeah. Passion. Yeah. Brilliant, Reese. Thanks for coming in, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. And that was the Pod Nords. Nords, Nords, Nords.